Hi, welcome to another episode of Horror Stories. I am so excited today. I'm your host, of course, Kelly, and I am here with my friends Jay and Kay. Jay and Kay, welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for having us, Kelly. This is so exciting. Good, good. I'm I was just so excited to talk to you guys. Um, uh, I'm, um, we know friends in common and that's how we met, which is kind of the story there. I know I said I was going to do that later, but it just sort of made more sense. Um, and, uh, I'm always interested in, uh, this is the first married couple I've had on horror stories and long term. Um, and the reason why I wanted to have y'all on is because it just, um, you're, you're just a great couple. You have so many fun adventures. You're obviously excited and passionate about one another and happy to be together. And I just wanted to talk to you guys to find out a little bit get your secrets <laughs> find out more about that because you guys you guys are if so much fun you're people ask that an you're awful so lot. much fun you're just always <laughs> you just always show up for the good time and i appreciate y'all so much thanks for being on so to get started i like to start with a little bit of stats do you guys mind sharing your ages uh, sure. I am uh, just turned 59 years old. So it's that scary time where you're like on the precipice of something, right? <laughs> and right, I am exactly. the same. I have, just turned, I have just turned 59 as well. Excellent. And do you mind um, sharing your sexual orientations? Yeah, I would describe myself as a, a cis hetero woman. Great. And gay or straight or queer for you white. um oh oh i'm straight yeah i would describe myself as straight yeah (laughs) sorry yes (laughs) and i'm i'm a a cis hetero straight man as well cool and how long have y'all been together and then how long have y'all been married you want me to answer jeff Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you go ahead. Jeff and I met at 12 years old. Uh, a mutual, a cousin of ours, a mutual friend of Jeff's and a cousin of mine introduced us at a band concert that our his siblings and my cousins were at. And uh, we were friends since then. We dated in high school. Um, we um, married in 1987 and have been married for 35 years now. <laughs> right. And just oh my to complete gosh. the story, we while we were in college, we we did each sort of do our own thing and date our own people. Um, but my wife had a wisdom beyond her age, uh, and when we were heading off to school, uh, it was her suggestion that we not it sort of it kind of remain tied to each other. That you know, going off to college was uh, a, a, a new experience, and we should be free to sort of experience that. Uh, and so, uh, well, I will admit that initially I wasn't totally fond of the idea i came to uh, accept it as the as the as the right thing as i've said to people you know i think when we headed off to college there were really only kind of three alternatives right one was to sort of get married which is ridiculous we were 18 years old the other was to completely break up which also sort of made no sense i guess another alternative was to say that we were going to stay together but but quote unquote cheat you know but you know kind of lie about it or the the one that we ended up doing which was to be honest and say look you know we're you know, we obviously still care very much about each other. We're all st- still going to date each other, but we were also wanted to you know, kind of be free to have other alternatives. And I think your lo- younger listeners would have to realize that this was back in the 80s when there was no 
internet. We didn't know that there was a, such a thing as friends with benefits. wasn't defined at that point. <laughs> the idea that you know you could go off um, from the person that you were supposed to marry that you were on that track um, wasn't really wasn't really a thing that was considered. So it was kind of unusual for us to still be friends and get together, you know, with our families or on the weekends and dates and then go back to school and be dating other people. That was a really, not a really model that was, you know, was happening in those days. Yeah, a, f a funny story. No. We, 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 got, we got together uh, one, uh, one fall for uh, a family wedding in Kay's family that we went to. Um, we were at the wedding together, you know, pretty much as a couple. And so the, the family members that were there said, oh, you are you two going to go do something, you know, after the wedding, you know, kind of tonight. And we both had, uh, you know, kind of arrangements to go see other people back at our respective schools that <laughs> evening. So. <laughs> so it's one of those kind of don't ask, don't tell in terms of the relationship structure. But that is so smart um, because. There's just so many ways that people can change and you don't know what you don't know. Um, so it, so were you, did you, so you took advantage of that and you both were, were able to kind of branch out and, and see some other people? Yeah, for me, it was really, Jeff was pretty terrific um, right from the get-go. Um, he, he, even in high school, was just very sweet, very understanding, very feminist, very, just a really terrific guy and, and a lot of high school young men are not that way I mean my girls went through this and I was like I'm not dating guys in high school because they're some of them are terrible <laughs> so, but Jeff was really wonderful yeah and um but unfortunately he also wasn't in that like you know I, I hung out with all these girls in high school that were the most popular girls the prettiest girls the the prom queens and the <laughs> and the uh, homecoming princesses and all this kind of stuff and um I was always sort of more of a feminist. I kind of had this little, little exterior that was kind of like, wait a minute, you know, I, I, you know, I get to be, you know, I get to make some choices. I'm not going to bat my eyelashes. I'm not going to just do anything to get dates and things like that. So having that attitude, Jeff and I really clicked well together, but my girlfriends were like, well, he's not the captain of the hockey team and he's not the, you know, he's kind of a geek. He's into computers and he's, <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah, maybe I should try something different. And so in my junior year, I went on a date um, for my prom with another fellow friend of a friend's. And, and afterwards I was just like, why did I do this? Like, Jeff is the greatest guy. Like, why am I making these superficial choices just because my friends say I should? And I actually kind of changed my friend group quite a bit right. after that too. But I ended up wanting to go back with Jeff. And we have a, a really sweet mutual friend who kind of knew that I felt that way. It was actually her friend, her boyfriend's friend that I dated. And, um, she she kind of you know pulled him in and said if you ask her again she's going to go out with you again because she's really regretting that she broke up to do the prom with somebody yes. else so he was really steady yes. Eddie all along and I really had to keep uh, measuring stick you know he was the one he was the the best and I kept dating other people saying well he's the first one can you really buy the first thing you see on the shelf like do you do that right <laughs> and Jeff could talk a little right to that too right yeah, I, I was sort of, it was it was funny because I was sort of in a, a, a different space and I'm sort of a different cat that way. I sort of, I have just a good gut sense about certain things and, and when I feel something in my gut that I know to be true, I sort of go with it. And 
and I haven't been wrong in any sort of major way in my life. So my gut thinks is, well, this is this is the this is my person. And, but it's you know it's weird when you meet your person that young. It's a little bit sort of <laughs> odd, right? And so right. But there is the thing of like sometimes you do sort of to continue Kathy's analogy. Sometimes you do walk in the store, and the first thing you see is the thing you should get, even though you've gone around and done a lot of the other you know you know they're sort of sort of looking around, which is why. Initially, when we went off to college, it was like, well, you know, I'm sort of okay, you know, with, you know, kind of with the, you know, kind of with us being together. But, you know, obviously, um, like I said, now sort of, I could see, you know, with the wisdom of the ages, it was like kind of, you know, kind of stupid because it was only a matter of time before something accidental, quote unquote, would happen, right? And then there could be hurt feelings that could damage the relationship. So being, you know, honest about it, um, oh, you know, it wasn't so, so much smart. even a don't ask, don't tell, because we did talk about it a little bit. Sometimes come mm-hmm. home, we both had jobs back home, so we would come back home and see each other, uh, holidays and stuff, and we would chat or whatever. So, um, so it was sort of that. It, it, there was a lot of very, you know, kind of radical honesty, which I think you'll see kind of continues through, yeah, we... uh, you know, kind of, you know, through our through, through our relationship. But, but you know, that being said, now again with the f- the fullness of time and the the, the wisdom of, of my age now, I mean. I, it was smart. I mean, I did date other people, and, and and having that experience did show me there's no doubts now in my mind. You know, if I hadn't, you know, perhaps there would have been, you know, kind of doubt later. Like, geez, you know, you, you didn't really see what else was out there. Was this the, you know, kind of was this the right thing? So even though I might not have um, thought that at the time, I could look down and say it was really smart. Yeah, and like you said, nobody else was doing that, or I don't know, just to have the emotional intelligence and maturity at that age is pretty remarkable. And it sounds like what you found out is something that I've been talking all along on this podcast about is sometimes when you branch out and you have experiences, it's like you're finding out as much about what you maybe don't want or what is not right for you as okay this is right and it's like k felt right you just needed to you know figure and vice versa j felt right it's it, it's and that gut like you said but also having the emotional maturity and being able to put that jealousy aside that's just fascinating to me because it's rare to that's hard for somebody twice that's hard for a 40 year old to handle sometimes, mm-hmm. let alone a kid, you know? I, well, well, I won't have something like too much. I can't say that I totally put the, the jealousy aside. There certainly were a lot of feelings, <laughs> right? That had to be processed, you know, through, sure. throughout this for sure. Yeah, but I also feel like yeah. what you're hitting on is really true. We did have a lot of emotional maturity. And, you know, it's interesting because you hear a lot about these stories about people who have arranged marriages. And in our neighborhood, you know, Jeff and, and I were in different schools, but our families knew each other. Jeff, my father was a teacher at Jeff's school. Um, Jeff was involved in Boy Scouts with my dad and, and his family. And, you know, it was interesting because our families really pushed for this. They were like, they witnessed that emotional maturity that we had at that age. And they were like, this is a good match. This is going to work. You guys need to stay together. And I think he and I felt like, you know, especially me, I felt very much um, like, wait a minute, this is the first guy I really was ever serious with. I don't know that I can make that kind of commitment for the rest of my life without sort of like, you know, the measuring stick, Jeff's the best. And then how, how do the others stack up? Am I going to find anybody better? Um, right. And I never did. <laughs> 
<laughs> I dated some great guys and really had a wonderful time, but you know, they just weren't him. And and the emotional maturity that we had, like you said, in our relationship very early on, made a big, big difference. It really helped us to, um, you know, fa- fa- make a really good foundation, and also even. You know, even with our kids, we we went into it really looking at that as like giving them what they need as opposed to us trying to recreate some lifestyle that we didn't have or something that we didn't have as as parents, you know, our parents gave us. Makes all the difference. (laughs) Right, right. I I definitely um, agree. And it's kind of that reverse where you're not, it's not the dogma thing where you're kind of just fitting into something already existing. Like you really are thinking outside of the box and then transferring that to uh, in your family, to your kids to talk about, you know, maybe there are some other ways to do things. Um, You don't always have to uh, fit inside of that box and uh, and listen to your own instincts and your own gut, you know, like you talked about, Kay, where you had some friends who were maybe not supportive and it just didn't feel right, you know. And, and being able to sort of break away from that pack mentality and say, wait, and, and you can kind of see, um, I, I've come in contact with a lot of those people as well. It's about some kind of weird status or something about that. And, you know, the actual value of the person somehow gets gets lost and, and you go down this path where you're uh, you're ending up with somebody that you don't have chemistry with or, right. or that's and, and not so, the right fit. And it's fit. a complicated situation because, you know, when we were you know in college, it was the, you know, the 80s. It was more, you know, sort of traditional you... You, you kind of, you know, the hookup culture hadn't really happened yet. This was the, you know, the, the sort of still at the early stages of the AIDS crisis. So everybody was sort of much more sort of locked down from a, you, know, you sort of dated and were, you know, kind of more in relationship. Uh, and, you know, some of my, some of my college friends didn't understand the situation. And, uh, you know, I think Kay sort of bore the brunt of that a little bit when I would sort of bring her around after, you know, after it was clear, it's like, well, what, they didn't sort of understand the arrangement that we had sort of. Um, you know, kind of on the situation. So it's like, you know, kind of, you know, what's going on. And I think that she was sort of shamed a bit, you know, for the fact it's like, well, you know, why should you be going out, you know, kind of dating other people or whatever, you know, on that, uh, on that situation. So. Yeah. It was interesting Mm -hmm, because, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of, I have a very interesting background. I know we were still getting into background here. We are, we've already launched off into a whole bunch of discussions, but my background is. No, it's fun. <laughs> my background this is, is what I come it's all from about. A, a long line of very kick-ass um, French Canadian women. And um, I don't know if you have any familiarity with French Canadian women, but they tend to be very like take in charge. They're, they're, you know, and, and lusty like my my mothers and my aunts my grandmother um all of them were very i grew up in an environment i was so lucky i grew up in an environment where nobody was you know inappropriate but it was very clear that all the women in my family enjoyed sex they were not women who were like shying away from making a joke at the family dinner table about you know (laughs) and and very much um but it was catholic it was like this is your husband you know (laughs) but Right, but they definitely right. were women who I didn't feel I ever had a sense that they turned it off at a certain age um, or because they were married or because they had kids. They were never um, the kind of women that didn't um, 
you know, they made it clear without being inappropriate that they enjoyed themselves. And, um, and I'm that kind of woman too. I come from that line of women. So I started that way and, and it's sort of a feminist bent too. Like women have power. Women should be able to do things. And the hard part for me was that very early on, society sends a very different message. I told you about these girlfriends that had to bat their eyes all the time to get the boys and speak in the high squeaky voices. And I wasn't going to do that. I was a smart lady who wanted to talk to, to guys the same way I would talk to my girlfriends, like a person. Um, I went to a doctor once at 18 years old. I had never been on any kind of birth control pills, but I had a question about it because another friend had said something, and I just had a, like a technical question about it. I asked my 50-something-year-old doctor who had an array of his blonde daughter's you know, pictures on his desk, you know, a simple question, and he said, I don't like to prescribe the birth control pill to girls when they're going off to college. It makes them promiscuous. And I, I just thought, this is the world that we live in, right, Kelly? Especially in the 80s. Somebody says something like that and it will stick with you. You remember it when people say stuff like that. What an ignorant thing. And that's a physician. And that wasn't uncommon. Right. It was not uncommon. And then, you know, through um, college, you know, when we were dating other people, and I was always respectful of Jeff and never, you know, rubbed things in his face or made him feel shamed in any way. Um, and I, I felt like, though, when I would go to his fraternity parties, even as a friend, just to hang out and dance at the fraternity parties, some of the guys were great and they were wonderful. They'd dance with me while he was DJing and they were just super guys. But some of the guys really would snub me because it was like, you shouldn't be dating. Even if Jeff was dating, I shouldn't be dating over there at that other college, you know? <laughs> and and that, so I think, you know, it's funny, I should tell your, your listeners here um, that um, I bought a piece of artwork from you, Kelly, uh, that actually has uh, this wonderful, like, period lady from, like, the Regency period on it. And then it has a big thing down the middle that says slot. And I bought that because I felt like I needed to reclaim that. It's one of my favorite pieces of art, Kelly, is yours. <laughs> Thank you. I love to hear it. And I loved that you wanted that. And I knew um, that always stuck in the back of my head. And that's why I knew I had to get y'all on Horror Stories <laughs> I was like, there's some good stuff. Okay, I want to talk, Kay, about what some important stuff that you just talked about. Um, you mentioned being raised Catholic, but you had this influence of these strong women at home. And I think that's a really interesting distinction to make because you I was raised Catholic too, and you do not get positive messages about sex and exploration it's a way to shame it's a morality barometer it's just like pretty much any other organized religion there they don't usually like the exploration and the open and the honesty it's just not like that so i just want to note how important and how cool it is that you were really taking more notes from what was going on at home <clears throat> You saw the way people were living and the attitude and didn't get that sex shame, you know, that can lodge in your brain that really sometimes when you're, you know, if you don't deal with that stuff, really messes with your sexual uh, ability to explore and, and to um, experience different things without feeling guilty. How do you, was, was, what was it like for you, Jay? Yeah, talk you to Jay about that. <laughs> sure. So, so yeah, my situation was more what I would call probably the, tra the traditional in some ways sort of Catholic upbringing probably, but 
even maybe more extreme to a certain extent. I I, I joke that the the sex was it was like silent in my family. You just no one really talked about it. Um, my 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 parents, uh, my mother in particular, you know, kind of grew up in a household uh, where her my grandmother was in an arranged marriage from when she was very very young, coming over from the old world uh, in her early teens, being married off to an older man. Um, so my mother's sort of um, uh, sort of you know kind of example of sex was not great, and so they just they, it wasn't it wasn't talked about. It was not something you did. Um, I grew up with this notion that you know um, that men sort of take sex from women. So there was a there was a lot of you know kind of what I would call you know so, sort of breaks on my mentality until he uh, met me. You know, kind of about <laughs> sex and until that's one of the things I liked about her actually, and we'll get, we'll get into some of that stuff going forward, right? So because you know I knew who it was an interesting conflict that I had in 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 my own sort of mind in my own body because it was I knew what my feelings were, um, but then I also knew what the messaging was that that I was getting. Uh, you know, kind of from my, you know, kind of from my family of origin, and they weren't sort of squaring. And you know, and I was always the good kid. I was the good boy. I did what I was told. You know, and so there was a, this conflict between, okay, this is kind of what I'm thinking, but this is what I'm being not told, but but the the expectation in some ways, the unspoken expectation, you know, kind of kind of of this. And sort of how do you, you know, kind of how do you deal with that, and how do you process that? And and, uh, and I I think it screws a lot of people up, right? Um, you know. I grew up in an era without the internet, so there was nowhere else to go for any of these things. You know, so it was, there was so many, you know, unknown unknowns uh, when I was a kid, right? That was uh, was not great, right? Yes, exactly. That 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 just shame is interwoven in there. And um, as I said, I'm not picking on Catholicism. That is something no, no, that no, I nor, have nor seen I. across. It, 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 yep. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it was not for me, but I, you know, for us, <laughs> um, right on. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you all been? Mono- are you comfortable? <laughs> have you answering? Have you all been? monogamous are you a monogamous couple i don't want to assume now well i would say before let's sort of break it up to to, to two periods right let's break it up into before we got married and sort of after so before i would say definitely not right you know kind of on that through the college period and and all that we were still i would say we were still a couple uh but obviously obviously we weren't but um i'll let uh, kathy talk about the second yeah and I, I think when we got married we were married in the catholic church and we did have a traditional wedding and we were kind of very young we were 23 and we really had this sort of like formula that you know this sort of formula that you followed like you know you got engaged you got married you had kids you know like we just kind of followed that script we didn't realize that there was all this other world out there because there was no internet to tell you that so if you didn't know people that were like that or your family wasn't you know like that you didn't know anything differently so we never had a conversation about monogamy we just said our little vows and figured we were going to do our little thing for the next 35 years and then um we we were married about seven years before we had our children and um i had a training down in uh, miami that um, was about a month long and it was for sales I was in sales at the time and I went down to the training and it you know you know how it is at these things it gets chummy it gets flirty things are going on I was still a very young woman um, and I met these two guys and we were in a, um, a sauna together you know just sitting in the sauna one night and every the talk got a little you know nasty and everybody was having a little fun and the next thing you know 
three people are mutually masturbating in the sauna together um, down at this training in, in Miami. And what happened was I kind of like, you know, kind of had this whole awareness of like, oh, well, wait a minute, I'm a married woman. Like, is that is that okay? Is this cheating? Is, you know, like, where does this fall on the spectrum for Jeff and I? It's not a thing we ever talked about. So I immediately, he actually came down to Florida to visit me. They, they flew spouses in to, to visit. And when he, he came, I felt like I had to disclose to him immediately because we always had this radical honesty, um, you know, in our relationship. And, and in no way did anything that I did um, interfere with any of the feelings that I had for him or any kind of it didn't affect our marriage at all in my mind, but we also hadn't talked about it. So I was like, well, it could affect it in his mind. I really need to be honest about this. And and I know that there are some people who say like, oh, just never disclose that. But for Jeff and I to like even put like a tiny chink in that radical honesty, it would take something away from our relationship that could never come back. So I felt I had to disclose. And I'll let Jeff talk about how he felt once I disclosed. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was interesting, you know. I mean, the 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 the, the first uh, you know obvious sort of feeling I had was, is this some uh, statement on on us? And very quickly through the conversation, it was like, oh no no, this was this clearly had nothing to do with us. This was just you know uh, sort of something that happened that that was fun and it was really there was nothing nothing to it. Um, and so in my mind, you know, I think coming from the the history that we had it was easy to sort of say okay well that's that's nothing we're sort of sort of going to move on um and i was still at the point at that point in my own sort of you know kind of processing of my own sort of sexual feelings or whatever that i didn't really want to talk about it or whatever but in my mind there was a part of me that was you know i kind of liked it it was kind of like well that was kind of hot here it is you know like i said i i looked at the looked at what happened and and uh you know i, I know that in, in some of the conversations you and i've had before you know you, you said you know sometimes people who come from you know kind of uh you know really repressed or shamed background it sort of pops out you know in some ways in some in some, some kinks or whatever so you know there was a sense of like okay why is it that if i think about it i should be bothered by this but I'm not, I'm actually sort of, you know, kind of turned on a little bit about, you know, a little bit about, about this sort of, you know, for lack of a better word, and this sort of slutty behavior. And at some point I want to touch on the fact that I don't, I don't like the fact that, that society doesn't have a positive connotation word for this, for, for either side, right? Because a guy like me, that's why like, we took it back. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and for a guy like me, you could, you, you so, 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 so for a guy like me that sort of likes the fact that his partner did this, you know, the, there are no positive terms either, you know, in terms of this stuff, this talk and all these things. And I'm, look, this is not about humiliation or anything like that. This is just, look, I like a, I like a, a, a lusty woman. Right. So, uh, so this was sort of like, oh, well that kind of makes her hotter in my eyes uh you, you know you know on these things but the thing was is is that it took me a long time to sort of process that because in my mind it was a bit of a okay so you sort of have these feelings but do you talk about them you know what do you do with these things right because and again all the no internet so there's nowhere to go look it up no internet, right <laughs> right, now, was, right. and we're not issues. talking about go ahead we're not talking about um an actual like oral penetrative even kissing there was no touching of the people it was just pure so that's a whole other like you know that's a whole other category right. what's that right. well but that's you know? what says, there, there, there was no you, there, there wasn't this notion there was default settings 
and you, you never really talked about you know kind of where are the boundaries of like what the you know kind of what the what the settings are um, and certainly in those in that day and age there was no place really to go look for that sort of thing again we're talking you know talking early 90s right yeah. but it was only a, you know when the internet came along I, I think some of my sort of you know kind of lack of education turned me into a bit of a, a sex nerd you know once podcasts started coming around and, and a lot there was a lot more information available you know kind of on the internet it's mm -hmm. like and, and I tend to geek out on things anyways right so I sort of geeked out on some of this stuff um, and that's when I sort of you know kind of came to realize like okay well maybe this you know maybe what I was feeling wasn't all that unusual or whatever and it, it was at that point that I started to sort of you know kind of a, a, a approach Kay and say look this is just how I felt about that kind of thing uh, you know obviously she wasn't I'll, I'll let her talk about how she, right. she well, felt about it but for it was some years you know before Jeff was able to sort of Jay was able to sort of know what was um, happening um, with his feelings um, I kind of stuffed any kind of like I, I took that little barrel and put it right over that little light of mine because I was like oh wait a minute I'm a married lady now I, I have to just crank it down it's only for him that's it and um and and really, we have had a monogamous relation, monogamous relationship for thirty five years, which is pretty amazing for for most people. But we weren't really um, acknowledging where, you know, Jeff's kink was, and we weren't really acknowledging um, my um, sexuality. It was just sort of like I became the suburban housewife, and and we had a wonderful sex life. I mean, that's the one thing about um, you know Jay and I. We have for years and years. I, I feel really proud of that. That we've never had a dry spell. We've never had a situation where we've been um, you know uh, apart or had a break. I mean, we really have um, tended to it. I always think of it like a garden. Like we tend to it, and it's. Yeah, it's it's so important. It's about that attention and about that. Um, it's about the attention, yeah, and the love and the you're showing right. somebody in a very very physical way. And there's also kind of a hunger to it too. I think. Yeah, yeah it's, where it's, 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 yeah, it's interesting. you know, you know like I you think want that. that. As, you, um, yeah, as as the relationship goes on, a lot of the sort of newness and anticipation that drives sort of an early part of, of a relationship, right? starts to you know kind of fall away how much can you if you're with somebody for 35 years and you're radically honest yeah how much how much new ground is there to sort of you know kind of till and find out stuff about but i think if that sort of anticipation is replaced with appreciation and understanding what it is that you what it is that you have and how great it is um that that's you can generate a lot of that same sort of you know kind of heat and feelings from that appreciation again you know the analogy I would use is you know let's say you're into classic cars right you may lust after a certain classic car and and so yeah there's going to be a, a sort of a, an excitement when you finally get that to get that classic car but over time you may own that car 10 years that doesn't diminish the appreciation you might have every time you get in that car and take it for a drive right it's still like wow this is a cool car I'm having fun I like being seen in this car and all this other stuff mm. right so <laughs> It's a different. It's a different feeling, but it's but it's it still has a lot of positive to it. Well, as an outsider to your relationship, I will say that it just you guys 
show up for the good time. You show up for the fun, for the experience with an open heart and an open mind. And you guys have the coolest adventures. I mean, even when there's stuff that gets, you know, you have, you do a lot of really kind of sophisticated uh, uh, international travel. And there have been very much some things that have gone sideways. And I just still, even when you can't control a COVID or um, a quarantine situation or um, a, a not great travel uh, agency or whatever, it's like you are in this together, not to pick and to find out what's wrong, but to try to sort of get through and find out what the adventure is, what's the exploration. And I can, it doesn't take much to see that happiness that, you know, that you have here. It's not hard for me to extrapolate, um, you know, when you show up to the bedroom with some <clears throat> exploration, interest you're showing up to pleasure each other to have a good time there's nobody using anybody as a weapon there's nobody you know nobody's being weird and passive aggressive or you know that's another reason why that um thing uh the the sauna scene um worked out and and ended up being an additive instead of a detraction or 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 a bad thing um um because it, it was not done with like you said jay once you figured out oh this isn't about us and something that k is lacking in us that's not what it's about at all and then like you said you can <clears throat> and you guys have been processing this and doing you've been processing these feelings and these emotions now since you were 18 17 <laughs> or 18 years old so by the time you're here you can kind of look at it a little bit with a little less, you know, uh, uh, sensitivity or defensiveness. It's sure. you are secure in your relationship. You're secure in who you are to each other. And if you have this thing happen over here and nobody's using it as a weapon it, it, to be able to get, like I said, process it with the radical honesty and then have it be an additive. And even here on the back end, um, because it was just something, you know, sometimes things happen and we don't always cover all the the boundary bases, you know, you're just in a situation. Especially, you so I you've mean, got yeah. the foundation. Especially in those days, yeah, it, it, it wasn't, you know, discussed. But the interesting part about it is that Jeff and I kind of shelved everything. Like we, we still had a really a great relationship, but we kind of shelved that incident and our feelings about it, which were mine that like, well, why can't I be a sexy mom? Like, why can't I be kind of a woman who still has her sexuality and still has her confidence and um, can express that in the world and be a married lady? Like, why can't I do both? And Jeff had sort of like, well, why is it that I feel this feeling that I kind of like that my wife was a sexy slut? And I, you know, I, I sort of like I replay this scene in my mind. Like, why is that? Does that make me bad, a bad husband? We have this wonderful relationship, this incredible sex life. And it was only later after we sort of got through the, you know, the you have to do the kids and you're just, nobody has time to do anything when you have kids. Like, you know, just finding time for sex was enough of a job, never mind trying to process all this stuff. And so later on when the kids got older and we could sort of process, um, 
you know, Jeff kind of was able to really more recognize his kink of liking me to be his like little private porn star. And the idea that he liked that I was a little bit more of like my little thing is like, I like to be a little bit of an exhibitionist. I like to be a little bit out there. And, um, and so we ended up being able to be monogamous, but play with that together. Um, in a way that was felt safe to me. I'm, I'm a microbiologist by background. And so in growing up in the, you know, going to college in the AIDS period, I just have a lot of issues with, um, you know, sharing in general, because I, I kind of, well, I will say on that, on that note, after we process this a, a, a little bit, um, I did, I did say to Kay, I said, I said, look, you know, I'm, I'm cool with this. This is kind of fun. If you want to hall pass, if you're ever in that situation again and you want to do something or even something a little more, I'm cool with that. That's fine. That you know, I'm, I'm, that's not gonna that's not gonna bother me or whatever. Right. right? So and just, so the rate limiting so factor. You're not in a situation where he goes, hmm, I don't know. We've kind of talked about this because we didn't talk about things before, right? So this was a case when we started doing. It. It's like, right. well, we should really talk about where the you know kind of where the boundaries are on 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 situations. And so so I said, you know, I sort of so sort I of said that to her. So he did he did say that. And sometimes that's ex- go As ahead. His, How did you feel well, about? He did that? say that to me, and I at the time, I felt like. Um, that I, you know, it's not a thing that I was ready to explore because of this background in my microbiology. I have all of this, you know, and I, and I understand that a lot of those things were shamed too in the eighties. It was like, you know, the just say no's and then you're going to die if you get, you know, you know, herpes and I, all these kind of things. And, and none of these things are true. I understand these are fairly low risk and we do a lot of very adventurous things out in the world that are pretty high risk. You know? <laughs> Some of the buses we take in certain countries right. are high risk, you know? So I, I get that, exactly. but I also feel like since we came, to this a little later in our lives I'm at a point in my life too where you start to see that your health you know I think of my health as like spinning a whole bunch of plates and if you're lucky you don't have a lot of original health problems or you're not born with those and you only have one or two plates to spin but as you get older more and more plates are spinning and even if there are treatments even if there are ways to make things safer even if there are uh, you know pills that you could take to cure a thing all of those are just another thing to add to those spinning plates that you have to manage for your health. So I kind of look at it from a health and security and safety. I have to be very safe and secure to feel comfortable with somebody. Um, I'm not one of those people that just puts it out there for anybody. It really has to be, I have to feel safe and secure. So, um, so I know I have that hall pass and I know Jeff would love if I used it, (laughs) but at this point we have not done that because, but I also am a really in the moment person and you just never know what moment I may get in. I think it just is also quite exhilarating and and such a, um, a a symbol of love and trust just to have that pass. Mm. Yeah. You know, just just to have it. It's and like you said, you you could use but it's not like um Okay, I just look at it as um, sometimes when you have that just real forbidden fruit and you can't do this and you can't do that, it's like um, an American kid going off to college and binge drinking themselves into oblivion. It's like this didn't need to happen. This didn't need to happen. So if you, because it's human nature, right? Sometimes rebellion is, is in human nature. So it's like this has been given and it's there and you could take advantage of it. But just the fact that it's there kind of gives you guys something sexy to sort of push off on. Yes. You know, just the fact that, that the hall pass exists right. is really exciting. Exactly. You know? Well, just and, sometimes the and possibility you're also, is hot, right? 
Yes, it really is. And also what you said, Kay, is very important, like to peel it back. And and you were talking about it from a microbiology standpoint, Um, taking all the shame away. Let's just be very, uh, yeah, physiological, biological about it. You can use condoms, you can use barriers, but there are some things like HSV, herpes simplex virus, and HPV, the human papillomavirus, that are, are, you can possibly get those from skin to skin. And um, Dan Savage talks a lot. I know that y'all listen to him him. (laughs) about the fact that, you know, herpes is a skin condition. Everybody needs to fucking relax, right? But I mean, because what 60% of of, uh, females and 50% of males, something like that are walking around, not even knowing they have it. The CDC recommends it's not even on the battery of of tests that you'll be tested for because they, they say if you don't have symptoms, you shouldn't get tested for it because the stigma is so much worse. And this thing, you know, if you don't have outbreaks and so forth. So with that said, however, If you've got the skin to skin and you're like Dan Savage talks about when you walk into those situations and if you are going to be someone who has multiple sex partners, you just need to understand this is part of being a human being Mm -hmm. and carrying around all the shit and everything else that we do. And just it's nice to know. Uh, you, those are the choices. Those are the choices. Right. Is this worth the price of admission? Is it worth the cost? Is it worth the other spinning plate? What if, you know, what if, you know, you hook up with somebody who doesn't have any outbreaks, but it affects you in a different way, whatever. But those are all part of the education that goes into uh, making these decisions for yourself. Right. Um, um, and I just wanted to uh, drive home the fact that it, um, we're not talking about any kind of sex shaming here. We're oh, talking about just purely, exactly. you know, this is what Dan Savage says too. It's like, this is the yeah, price. Yeah, it's just my own, my own feelings, not at all my expression of anybody else doing these kinds of things and taking those risks. Because like I said, I take other risks that I'm willing to take, you know, so it's, it's not like, and right. I also think that for me, there's a piece of it that I, and I always say this to Jeff and he always kind of apashaws me or to Jay, he always says apashaw, um, is that, um, if I was somehow unsatisfied or unhappy with our sex life, then maybe I might feel like, you know, there was something out there that I wanted to explore, but I am very satisfied and very happy <laughs> with what we have and what we, and we do, especially now that the, the, the kids have grown and we have more time, um, we do have an awful lot of fun adventures and um, that really does make it a lot um, it, it gives us a lot of satisfaction in that area where maybe you might feel otherwise sort of like, oh, it's just this one partner with you for the rest of your life. We have a lot of adventures and a lot of sexual adventures, so it's fun. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like I said, you guys show up for the good time, and it's this great jumping off point when you are able to have fun with somebody outside of the bedroom and just really have that like, oh, look at this. It's it can translate. It really can translate. Like, like I've said, uh, and, and I've experienced that recently too. Somebody who's just making me feel dynamite 
outside of the bedroom. You know, I just I can't can wait to ravage your, him your at any time I get. I'm getting excited oh, to talk I know. to you about this privately sometime. He's absolutely, he's absolutely <laughs> oh, adorable. Oh, I'm so happy. He's a goddamn, <laughs> so happy for you. He's a goddamn delight. But I wanted to ask, so we've established the fact that you've got a hall pass, but it's there and, you know, it's just not something that uh, we're seeking out or anything. Now, you mentioned exhibition and kind of lusty and being feeling good. I've also mentioned um, uh, on more than one podcast about my experience in resorts and sex clubs, and I've been walking around those things like completely naked and walk up and talk to couples who decide to walk around completely clothed and not be be open and like interested, but they don't, they and talking and socializing, but maybe they don't, you know, they're not there to have sexual experiences with other people. And there's... In the places where I have been, there's been room for all of that. Like, I literally started a conversation with a woman walking by me who had a shirt on with a logo that, you know, and I'm standing there just completely naked (laughs) talking to this person and her husband. So people can get involved or not involved in certain, um, it just depends on the culture of the place. Have you guys ever been to a resort or a sex club or kind of sought out an experience like that just so you could kind of have fun together and kind of see it through that lens? Yeah, we... We actually love um, that. It started for us with, um, once we started exploring the idea that like, I like to be a little bit of an exhibitionist and I'm always very careful when I'm home or out with friends. Like, you know, Kelly, we have a lot of mutual friends who are going to listen to this. (laughs) And, um, you know, I always try to make it really, really clear that I'm not out to, you know, create any tension for anybody else or create any problems for folks I really am just being myself and just like we talk about like what a woman wears doesn't cause rape or anything like that like we really have to be more able to be ourselves um, and so I'm, I'm, I'm careful about that just because I so for me the clubs and the um, and, and we've mostly done the travel things the vacations because those are very freeing for me I feel like okay, now it's really an environment where there's no shame. There's no question about, are you trying to like seduce my husband or, you know, (laughs) it's really, you're there. Everything's on a consent basis and everything is, um, you know, you do you, which is a really fun environment to be in. So we have started that with going to some of the nudist beaches, which tend to be more naturist and nudist. It's very buttoned down sexually. There's nothing. It's all about like, I'm just out here in my all together, you know, (laughs) and, and we did a couple of those and they were fine but then we decided to go to hedonism in jamaica one time and um we absolutely loved that environment it was just very freeing it allowed us to without um playing with anybody we, we don't play with other people we're not involved in any um you know in any uh couples or a lot of couples are swingers and swinger groups will meet there we're not involved in that we just go on our own but we just love the energy of it um i love the exhibitionist piece of it where i can as you said walk around nude and i don't have to worry about that i'm making a consent violation on anybody um because everybody's consented to be there and and be seeing whatever it is that's happening at that particular place um it's fun for jeff because he gets to see people seeing me which is fun for him and so that's just a ton of fun a ton of energy i'll let jeff talk about his experiences there too yeah it's 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 fun to go there because like kathy said we won't we don't it's sort of like 
you want to be you want to have consent with the people that are around you right so if you're in a in sort of a public setting we sort of feel like there are there's like a boundary and you can get close to the boundary even a little over that but you don't want to be sort of way over that boundary sort of you know kind of out there where where because it's sort of maybe people are in that situation and they don't they don't want to see that maybe there's kids around or whatever you know kind of on that situation but you know when we go to these kinds of places as kathy said there's sort of an implied there's both an implied consent in terms of your own behavior but they're so consent based you don't have to worry about anything sort of happening that you may not want to have happen without sort of being asked first which is uh which is nice so so yeah so going out there being able to show her off show us off as a as a couple um i'm not gonna lie i mean there's, there's a certain amount of ego boost if someone sees you sort of playing with your partner and they come over and and sort of want to join obviously it looks like you're having fun and they want part of the fun and even if you say you know no thank you that's fine or whatever right like i said there's a little bit of well they obviously saw something that they thought would have been fun so that's always kind of a a, a little a little bit of a boost uh you know kind of on that so that's that's a good thing um yeah, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to bring that up um, specifically because, like I said, you don't have to go to those places and do uh, all the things everybody's doing. You can go and walk around fully clothed in some of these places. And um, I think when you have the right kind of um, obviously, uh, I can say as a female, I don't want to go to a place like that and see a bunch of uh, single dudes walking around uh, fully clothed doing that. You know what I mean? It's not like that. It's like people are, sh you know, like that couple I talked about at the resort that I was at who, you know, weren't going to walk around naked and they weren't going to play, but they were really cool and they wanted to chat and they were you know, inquisitive and, you know, who knows, maybe the next year, uh, you know, they were doing some different things or they figured out what they, you know, they explored a little and talked about what they may or may not do. But there are, we're, we tend to be so binary. And I can see if there's people who are listening who have never been to a, a resort or a club um, who might think, you know, uh, if, if, if you weren't there, then you wouldn't want part of that action. And that's not true at all. You're part of that. You're absolutely part of that and part of that energy. It's just in a different way, um, and can be, uh, uh just as hot. Yeah, sometimes really hot, you, bring a, you bring a certain energy to the, you know, a certain energy to the place. So, and, and, you know, we, we yes. like, you know, one of the things, you know, one of the things for people who are maybe aware or not aware about Hito is they sort of have a, a nude side and a what they call a prude side. And even the prude side's really not that prudish. It's just more sort of sort of clothing optional. Um, and, and we like it because we can spend some time on the sort of, you know, kind of prude side, whether it's sort of sunny naked or just kind of doing our own thing. And it's a lot quieter and, you know, we don't have to be sort of in the party. And then the party's going on and we can go over and be part of the party when we want to be part of the party. And then we can go back and kind of have uh, you'd be surprised how the kind of the kind of quiet time in a way that even going to some of these other resorts that are designed for you know adult couples you can't get that kind of just even just sort of alone time to have a, a quiet conversation um, that might be a little bit intimate or whatever because you just don't have the you know you don't have the the kind of space or it's not comfortable to kind of be having these kind of conversations or whatever so um, you know it's right. kind of nice to be able to have that as well and I think a lot of these resorts it, and you've been to them too Kelly I think you've mentioned and so I think it really um, a lot of them it depends on the group that's there too like so and and I like to talk about this and that's one of the reasons I was willing to do your podcast wanted to do your podcast not willing like you didn't twist my arm um, but we were happy to do it <laughs> 
<laughs> is because I felt like when Jay and I were looking into some of these um, resorts, it's really hard to find information about it. And so I, being safe and secure, didn't want to go to a place until I kind of knew something. Um, and so it was so nice because I, I, I'm hoping that we can share, um, depending on the group that's there. So the first year that we went, there was a group that we found just a little bit sophomoric. It was almost sort of like, hey, we found our sexuality. Woohoo. And it felt almost like it was their first year of college, you know, <laughs> and in the group. And that's right. I was just going to say this is not Daytona yeah, Beach. And it's fine. I mean, I don't want to shame them because, you know, I'm sure they're lovely people. But it was sort of like, woohoo, we're having sex. It's OK. You know, like that's good. But it was, some of the activities and things we found a little bit like that. But then the next year we went with a different group um, and we found that to be a lot more interesting. The people were a lot more interesting to talk to and we had just more interesting interactions with folks. And um, so I think it depends on the, the group that you, you go with. Um, but also I do feel like um, it's perfectly possible to be um, a monogamous couple to go to one of these resorts and to never touch another person and still have an amazing experience because you're getting all that energy and anything that you want to put out there, you know that you have consent to put it out there. And you also know that you're not going to have any consent violation against you for somebody because you've put something out there. So I, and I, I love that. I think the whole world should be that way. We should really expand that to the borders of the United States and to the borders of the world. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing I think right, that happens right. is, is, you know, kind of much like my situation. I think, I think until you're exposed to something, you don't know necessarily how you're gonna feel and and gonna and gonna react, right? So before Kay came home and told me what happened in the sauna, you know, I, I don't think that I would have necessarily known how I was how that how I was gonna react, right? It would have been impossible for for me to know. So in some cases until you actually have an experience. So, you know, until you're in a situation where, you know, you, you may even be the other way. You may be even thinking, oh yeah, I want to go do this. I want to go play with other couples. And then, you, you know, the old things, you know, plans only survive the first contact with the enemy, right? So, you know, the first time you go there and then a couple actually propositions you, then all of a sudden you have this, oh my God, I can't possibly do this, right? Then, you know, then you're not going to know that until you sort of have that sort of experience. Until you actually are in that that um, situation and you feel those feelings, absolutely, it sparks stuff that you just have not encountered before. And I know for myself, um, like I said, meeting people who were sort of there for different things and and to uh, explore in different ways uh, was really cool. And I cannot emphasize enough what y'all just said, and that is that the group there is going to make every difference in the world. I just talked about in this last episode called Mishaps about how I literally had so much anxiety at this club. I thought I was going to shit Ooh. myself, and it's because of the vibe there. It was an ugly, awful vibe, and um, it was like a David Lynch movie. Uh, whereas, um, I've been to places before that specifically take it over one group because for example, they have bi men in the group and they don't want some hardcore right wingy freak, uh, swinger calling somebody a derogatory mm. name because they want to do some men on men stuff. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Because believe me, those same motherfuckers are just fine with two women. They're just oh, fine yeah. with two women. 
But if you get two men, they start to get a like, whoa, no, I want to be in a place where you can be uh, yourself, you can um, explore without uh, uh, that yeah, sort that's, of that's a, my only uh, knock on keto is it would benefit from gay men so much. I mean, I, they don't allow men couples, and I, I, that really is a problem for me. Um, I found out a little bit about that, honey. Actually, yeah. that, that actually homosexuality I think is illegal in Jamaica, oh. so I think that there'd be a fear. I mean, I don't think it's actually prosecuted oh. clearly, but I <laughs> right, another right. Podcast where it's but they of, can't where, advertise it. Yeah, oh. well, no, or, or you. you you don't want to be too out about it right so i think mm. that that's the, the you don't want to sort of so i think there might be some of that you know uh, that part of it i don't know but like you said i i'm with i'm sort of with you on that i think in some ways the, the vibe would be kind of you know kind of interesting with oh it'd be so much better and and it's funny because our, our we have uh, two daughters and they're they identify as queer and they tell me all the time mom you're the straightest person we know um because i really don't have a lot of interest in women <laughs> And I, I'm not opposed to people who do, but I just don't. I'm on that other end of the spectrum. And um, I like Dick. What can I say? <laughs> and uh, Right. But, There's but, nothing um, wrong with we that. We get propositioned all the time at these places because usually it's the woman who will proposition. And generally it's looking for a woman on woman. And then the guys are supposed to, to watch this. Um, and to me, I feel like it would, you know, those kind of environments would benefit from, from gay men and having a more mixed crowd. You know what I mean? I think that would be... And, and I think it just it would be more fun, honestly, better energy. Sometimes when you get a crowd like that, you start to get a little bit more kinky people. Like just because you've got a bunch of people at a resort like that does not mean they're necessarily um, real kinky. And I'm not ta I'm just talking about just a little bit more open minded. Yes. OK, mm -hmm. like when you're talking, Kay, about the exhibition and kind of how you like to use the the, you know, enter the club and, and, and get that energy and, and how that affects you and, and how you take that back to your private time. Um, I met a woman at a resort one time that was, uh, she was gorgeous and she liked to dress like a horse. Like she had this beautiful, like this is high end, really cool, like Mr. S leather sort of uh, uh, level, beautiful, like with this mane wow. and, and this gorgeous outfit with a tail. And I asked her about it, like, tell me about this. Cause you're walking, you're like prancing around. You look so good. You look so sexy. Like, how did you start with it? Why are you doing this? And she talked about how this is the way I experienced the club. Like I am an exhibitionist. Mm -hmm. So being the pony girl really just sort of and, you know, putting me center stage in this way just trips me and, and, and gets me going and and is part of, of my experience. And then you might see somebody else who's walking around with some kind of intricate rope corset with a leg tie and you know that's what turns them on. And so, yeah, getting those uh, uh, a place that's got when you're a little bit more open-minded about some things, you really start to, um, I don't know. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah we it, had it, an interesting like conversation with, uh, with, a, with a couple, and I, I can't remember whether it was her that was wearing the, the collar with oh, the yes. chain all week. Or a dumb sub, yeah. yeah. And it just, 
Yeah, and just yeah, just just talking to them about it. it's like so you know kind of what is this about? And, you know, and they weren't like dumb subbing, kind of you know, they weren't dumb subbing full full time. So for them, the 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 resort was a great place because she could be the sub the whole time and just be in her collar the whole time on the leash, and she loved that, and he loved it, and so and and for us, for for Jay and I, it was an opportunity to really explore all these different lifestyles that we may never try, um, but just so interesting to learn about, and like you said, bring it back hot in your own you know in you know with the two of you lots of fun and some things that we've brought back and said Mm -hmm. we should try that in the bedroom sometime that looks like fun like let's do that like you know (laughs) absolutely because you don't know what you don't know and sometimes like I've talked about if you come across a dungeon situation where you've got um some trusting people who understand that the sub's the one who is always in charge The subs should be the subs. If you're doing it right, the subs in charge and to be able to kind of have a safe environment. I talked about going one time and being exposed to like um, the violet wand, which is the electrified wand that you can brush on your skin and it kind of shocks you a little bit, a little bit of electrical play. And it was interesting, but not my thing, but maybe rope was my thing. So yeah, getting it into an environment like that, where just like Jay was saying before, I didn't know how I was going to feel about, uh, the sauna until I experienced the sauna. (laughs) It's like you don't know until you experience it. But once again, it's like coming with those open heart, ready to open mind and all the good intentions, you know. And the honesty. Yeah, I think what the, you, the what radical you go honesty. In, yeah, I think if mm-hmm. you go in, right, go in without your filter and go in with being honest, right? I mean, I think that there's a lot. Um, you know, one of the things that, that, that uh, Kay and I have talked about that I think benefits us is that we did get together so young and we are each other's sort of first loves. Um, and so there aren't a lot of scars. We don't come into this, you know, we, we didn't enter this this relationship with, with scarring from other people, right? So it's easy to be, oh, it's easier to be trusting and open and not worry about things because we don't, we don't, we don't have this thing in the back of my mind, oh, I did that with this person and that really hurt me when that, they, when, when I did that, we, you know, so it makes it, you know, it's it's easier, but I do think if you can get to that radical honesty, even if it hurts a little bit, it doesn't. It, it keeps you from being hurt down the road. I think. Absolutely, absolutely, and it also so oftentimes um, maybe one person. Um, you don't want to be inhibited uh, in terms of. Um, Uh, you know, will he think I'm too dirty? Will she think I'm too this or that if I suggest this or that? It just kind of when you are. Yeah, Yeah, Kelly. And, you know, and related to that, I think it's so important. You know, one of the things you asked us in our little pre-questions was like, how do you keep, how do you keep it good? And how do you keep things going? And I think one of the things that couples who want to be monogamous long-term, or even if you were in an open relationship, it doesn't matter. Um, your sex life is going to change so much over the term of your relationship. We've been together, you know, fucking each other for 40 years. And the way that that has changed over the years is huge. I mean, there was a period of time where I was a little bit concerned about masturbating in front of Jeff because I was like, this is going to be too much for him. Like, I'm too much. Like, <laughs> I know 
feel like and be too much. And I was afraid for, you know, for a period of time that like it was okay if he went down on me or, you know, something like that was happening because, you know, things were happening at the same time. But for him to just watch me do this thing, I felt like I can't let him do that. He's going to be like, she is just over the top here, you know? And so that those kinds of things you know that changed in the course of our early relationship and then as we went along um you know babies come and you've had babies kelly you know what that's like they're on your breasts they're you know they're, you're exhausted you're you know you so the you know the things that i would need to do to make that work to make sure that you know the grandparents had the kids for the weekend and that i made jeff number one for that whole weekend and it was just he and i and you know to make that work for us and and to keep that open um was was another stage of our our life um as we get older we're aging we're 59 we're 60 years old so far we haven't needed chemical help but we're open to that because we have to be but if you're not honest with each other and you're not talking about the changes in your emotions in your body in your feelings then what's going to happen is you shut it down because you're like well Maybe something isn't happening for me physically anymore. Rather than talk about it, I'm just going to ignore it and hope that one day it'll happen again. And the next thing you know, you're in this giant drought. So by talking about it, we actually have way more sex than we would if we didn't talk about these changes and these differences. Right, because you're not left wondering maybe the reason why this person is not um, uh, desiring me so much. It's easy to think it's because of right. you. And something that you've done or, and then you take that really personally and it gets really, it, it gets it really weird feeling because it's rejection and it's sex. And it's like, no, wait a minute. I was feeling this libido change over here because, um, I'm nursing a baby. Uh, uh, menopause yeah. is menopause is kicking my fucking ass or or you know i've got something going on you know with 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 my anatomy that's like or or with or most often times you know we cannot separate the mind and the right. body as you know so it's not always this personal thing that's directed but when it becomes you know when you're like you said to be radically honest about that allows you to um uh you stop jumping to your own right. crazy conclusions about what it is or what it, i find myself in both with sex and without i probably worry about shit that doesn't even fucking exist exactly. you know what and i then mean you can be working towards, don't make this part of working it. towards whatever the workaround is for that particular period that you're going through um whether that's an emotional change you're going through or physical change, whatever it is, you can you can find ways to support each other. But it means being vulnerable. And that is another piece of it that is very difficult for people. And where Jeff and I, Jay and I talk about that, our wounds, you know, we didn't have those kind of wounds from each other or other people that we have that vulnerability with each other and can do that. Right, right. Such a huge, huge benefit. Such a huge benefit. So you mentioned before you have never really had a point in time where your libidos were just drastically different. And it was like you were having to make workarounds like I don't want to be penetrated right now, but uh, oral sex or or, you know, will master mutually masturbate you know what, or I whatever part of our and we've 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 had this for a long time now, and maybe not always, always, but um, but is that we've really expanded our view of what sex is. And by doing that, we have a lot of sex because some days it might be just one act or another act or someone watching someone do an act. But to me, that's all still sex. Like I, 
It's all still right. sex. It gives you that energy and that gratification and that that oomph. and connection. Yes. And you're you're actually physically together, making time for each other, and you're in the same room doing the things together. So whatever it is, whether it's you know, because I just think you know, especially the way we grew up, it, you know, PIV was it. That was the thing, right? <laughs> and there's so there much, yes, there's so much more. Right? You know, there's so much more out there. Absolutely. And things that, um, you know, the orgasm is not the end all and be all to the experience. Um, it doesn't have to be. Um, and then sometimes when you sort of take the focus off of that, just things happen and you kind of maybe open up and feel things in a way that you didn't feel if there's not just this you know, constant pressure over here, like you've got to orgasm or you've got to right. squirt or you've got to do right. this thing yeah. that's like this crescendo. Feels too performative right. sometimes. Exactly. This is, yeah, exactly. That's, that's the thing, you know, one of the things I think that sort of, as I became a bit more of a sex nerd, you know, my sort of mindset changes. I did have a very performative view of, of sex until, you know, till much later when I started to realize it really isn't about that, right? It is much more about just sort of, it's another playful way to have fun, um, you, you know, on that. And, and sometimes you do certain things and, and it's, it's putting it in the bank account, right? So, you, you know, we might, you, you might have, you might have this notion, we're going to have a date night and, 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 and Kay is going to get all dolled up and she's going to look really sexy and we're going to go into town and we're going to have dinner and maybe do something, see a show, go to a museum or something. But then we get to the end of the night, we get home and we're, we're kind of tired or whatever. It's sort of, you know, we're older people now, right? We should so, like Dan says and like, fuck you know, first is what we should do. Should yes! <laughs> but we didn't. So, you know, but, so you, make, you make them home. But that doesn't mean that later on the next day or whatever, you don't have that sort of memory of, of how you felt on that thing. And you can kind of draw upon that. And so say, oh, you know, maybe you wake up in the morning. It's all like, hey, you want to know? Kind of thing. Yeah, so, you, bring it, you bring it back. Yes! Right, you bring it back. Yeah. I speak in terms of emotional bank accounts and bank accounts as well and in terms of memories and stuff like that. And once again, it's making each other feel good outside of the uh, sexual scenario. I think really, um, I don't know how I can't just add to that, you know? No, it, it it's really, really it's does. absolutely true. You know, I, I think, you know, the only time I sort of feel shut down is when I sort of when I'm sort of emotionally disconnected from Kay, you know, something else is happening in life or whatever, and we're sort of kind of at, you know, kind of at odds as couples. It doesn't happen to us very often. No, but on I... occasions, when it, when, it, when it does sort of happen, it's sort of like, well, the last thing I want to do is sort of be physical with you in any sort of, in, in any sort of way. And that's when some cases that, 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 that can be like, well, I don't want to feel this way. So how do I fix the emotional thing so that I want to feel that physical thing again, right? So <laughs> Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and a, it just, you know, it gets issue, complex. You know, like Jay had a major yeah, surgery, true. was having some heart trouble. And when your heart's not working, you can barely stay alive, never mind doing anything else so you know there might be those right, kind of changes right. but you know it's it's like overall like you said kelly we're very proud that you know we've prioritized our relationship and having fun together and part of that fun is our sexual fun and so there really has never been a, a big drought other than probably a few weeks after babies are born right <laughs> and the doctor I mean, says, I wouldn't call that a drought that just well not natural, even that because you're right because of... it, there were other things that could be done. In three weeks, I think the doctor said six. Yeah, the doctor might say, you can't do that, but you could do this and this and this. <laughs> right, if, right, right. If you have right. enough energy and that's right. slept enough to want to do it at that point. You that's know. right. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, to your point, just to emphasize again, it's not all about the PIV. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's about... 
I mean, I can, I can lay just naked with my current partner and just, just feel so mm, electrified and loved up and, um, you know, just that intimacy of, uh, you know, he's just my big spoon and, and that just feels so good and, and turns me on so much and, uh, there doesn't have yeah. to even be any kind I'm so of happy for you for that, you know, intimate touching like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a totally, it's a new thing. It's a new thing, but oh my gosh, I have had a wonderful time talking yeah. to you guys. This has been a blast. Um, uh, oh, I'm so happy. It, for you are you going to, you got any horror stories for the week? <laughs> <laughs> you got any horror stories coming up? <laughs> We're, some people may not know when this post, but we're heading into the holidays. So our adult children are coming into town to spend with us. So, uh, no, there will be, and we're now in a much smaller place. So there will be no horror stories for a little while. <laughs> I'm going to have to sort of be, be careful. We had we had kind of a funny thing happen because That's we, right. had, we had booked a new club in DR that we wanted to try out. Um, and it never opened before we got there. And literally, they, you know, Jeff, Jay had to call them and say, oh, my gosh, you're not open yet? <laughs> we were supposed to be there Saturday. And we ended up pivoting and, and going on a, a traditional cruise instead. And, um, you know, we ended up having an amazing time even doing that. Like, even though we were disappointed that we didn't get to do the club the way we wanted to, we still had a wonderful time together because we just kind of always take the approach that, you know, if we're together and it's an adventure and we're playing together, we're having a good time. <laughs> absolutely you can pivot and you can make it a good time it doesn't have to be some big disappointment because you didn't get it to do this way over there that's no fun right well it's the same way with any like, even any sort of even any sort of you know kind of sexual encounter i mean if you go in with expectations then i look at that and say even in the best case scenario if the expectations are met then you've only got sort of a meh thing because you wanted this and you got that meh and if it doesn't happen, then you feel like crap and you really don't have a lot of opportunity for exceeded expectation, right? So if you go in with little to no expectations, then you can kind of afterwards say, wow, that was a good time. Yeah. Absolutely. And I wasn't expecting that. And yeah, wow. Exactly. Yeah. No script. Totally. Right? No script. Like I said, <laughs> showing up, showing up for the fun. You guys show up for the fun. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. J and K. I have had an amazing time with you talking to you today. Thank you so much for your flexibility around the scheduling. I'm a lot more awake and alert uh, during the day than I am at night. Even at like seven or eight my time, I start to kind of, <laughs> no worries. So um, thank you for your flexibility. I loved having you guys and I can't wait to, I can't wait to hang out with you again. Looking I know I'm going to see you at least in 2024, yes, but yeah. you know, well, hopefully maybe, um, I need, maybe yeah. sooner. We might get out to, Maybe maybe sooner. Way sooner than that. But, Good. Uh, Kelly, thank you for having us. It's been wonderful to share well, I'd these love stories. To see and, you. I'd um, love to see you. Especially around. Thanks again, you guys. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate you guys so much. So thanks, everybody, for joining me for another episode of Horror Stories. I'll be back soon. Uh, Sasha and I uh, really appreciate you listening. Why don't you email us at horrorstories at gmail.com and talk to us with your long-term partner and how you keep it sexy and, and, and some of the stuff that y'all do. Uh, we want to hear it, but... Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you for another episode of Horror Stories. Talk to y'all soon. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Horror Stories, Tales of the Hustle. Inspire us. If you'd like to share a horror story, hit us up on our email at horrorstories at gmail.com. That's W-H-O-R-E-O-R-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.